0: Praise God, dear brothers and dear sisters. Today I'd like to read from Luke chapter 13, verse 54. And we'll be reading till verse 59. So until the end of the chapter. A very peculiar place um, that to me kind of sounded a little bit differently last time. And I'll actually share. I was sitting... um, here thinking about this, sitting, um, sometimes I catch myself thinking about this at work, even at school. For some reason, I dream or daydream about us finally being able to move as a youth, these services, move them to that facility there. And I don't know what it is, but I, I sit there and sometimes I'm like, my, it's going to be so cozy. Or just, just thoughts, you know, I don't think about this actively, but just the thought comes of like, of a new facility, you know. And then I'm like, technically, that's like a a temporary one. We're going to have that one in time. But everything comes in time. Because I hear brothers uh, speaking of 10 years ago, maybe 12 years ago, that they were dreaming of the same thing, maybe like 15 years ago. And it was like we were going to build that building, right, 15 years ago. We are finally being able to witness that, be part of that today. The time... The time is kind of right now. The time was right. Um, The the resources got together. The uh, organization got together. And so we're building the building. And Lord willing, by the end of next, or by the beginning of next school year, that facility should should be finished. Today I'd like to speak a little bit about time and urgency. Urgency. And uh, specifically I want to talk about stress during urgent times, okay, so stress during urgent times, meaning um, it's pretty easy a pretty easy concept to understand. If you're taking um, any kind of credits at a college or university, you know what I'm talking about. Um, it's set up in a way that you always feel an appropriate amount of stress, okay, and That being said, stress is not bad. Kind of this feeling of urgency is not bad. It doesn't feel good. So urgency doesn't feel good. Having a pressure, having deadlines to meet, having an exam to study for, having, you know, like uh, Max was talking and uh, I know myself like, uh, maybe you, you need to do taxes or you need to do like five things in the next week. And so you have these, these lists that you, you have to get done and you, you're pressured. And then you have to go to work. you got to maybe do something in ministry. And there's a good, a good, appropriate, I'm talking about the appropriate kind of urgency where you become more effective with your time. You become, you, you stop doing the things that are kind of cluttering your life, and you just kind of focus in at that time. And then, um, and it seems like it's impossible. Seems like that time is going to last forever. Seems like you're not going to make it, but, the, but the, in the end, you still make it. You, you make it through the exams. You make it through your finals. You make it through, you know, your deadlines. You do your taxes. You're just more efficient with your time. That's all. You just didn't watch YouTube as much or at all. You just didn't go on Snapchat, Instagram, whatever. I'm not—that's not you know my sermon, but you just more effective with your time. I'm not saying you know sin or not sin, and you were able to do that. There was a sense of urgency that you had, and so you were able to do things more effectively, more efficiently, and even maybe uh, better. So you were able to do things better under stress than when you have all this free time and don't really have to do anything. Um, I want to share a, an example, and so I, I know the time is limited. I'll share an example and I'll get into the word. Uh, picture this happened to a good friend of mine. You're in a car accident, um, and it's a fender bender, okay? So, not a major car accident, and um, both of the cars are worth like $6,000 cumulative. Okay, so you're not driving an expensive car, the guy's not driving, or the girl, whoever that person was, not driving an expensive car. Fender bender, um, but it's like, you know, the dent's there, you're not just going to like kick it and it's going to pop out, so it's there, so the dent is there kind of permanently. And so you guys stop by the side of the road, and some time goes by, some time goes by, and my friend, and I know this friend very well, so I, I know this story in pretty good detail. Um... He, he gets out of the car, and there's this kind of sense of shock. Not really sure what you're supposed to do at that time. And um, his dad told him what to do. After he called his dad, after this whole thing had happened, his dad's like, why didn't you do this? This thing that he should have done. But he didn't do it. And um, so the police come. It takes like two hours. Um, and uh, as we know, I mean, this, this, this thing was like, you know, $700 maximum. for for the damage, but uh, for his car. But uh, basically the insurance company gets contacted because that's what you do, right? You kind of throw insurance companies across and uh, the insurance rates go up by like $700 a year for the next 10 years. And he's calling his dad, he tells him all this, he, but they didn't know how far the insurance company is going to pick up the prices. But his dad knows that the insurance company, yeah, they'll fix the car, but your insurance rate is going to be a little bit higher, maybe a lot higher if you're younger. And uh, his dad's like, why didn't you talk with him? He's like, I did. Like, we walked out, and we looked at the cars, and we kind of, you know, I, I wasn't sure what to do. I just kind of waited for the police. He's like, no, 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 why don't you talk with him and say, hey, listen, this is a fender bender, okay? I have a friend of mine, another friend of mine who does cars. I will, I will pay you, let's say, $200, right, for psychological stress, and we could take this car. We'll fix the bumper, and we'll paint the car, all right? And his friend is going to do this for you know the minimal cost. It's going to cost him like $300. He pays $200. It's $500 one-time thing. $500 one time kind of um, uh, exchange. And that's it. No $700 every year for the next 10 years of increased insurance rates. And he's like... But he stood there for minutes. He said, I stood there for minutes, and I could have done this. And after that, he was like, I was, I would always think back for some reason. I mean, it's it's not a big thing, but he would always think back to that moment. He's like, I could have so easily. This guy, the guy was nice. I just didn't do the right thing. I didn't think quick. I didn't, I didn't realize that I could just talk to him, say, and he does have a friend who does cars very nicely, has his own shop. He could have made it work beautifully. Took it, took the car to that shop. It would have cost him nothing. The guy would have liked it, insurance rates would have. everything would have been perfect if only he had a sense of urgency at that time a sense of i need to do something and 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 if he would understand what to do there would have been a lot of money saved in that case okay that's just money though so five hundred dollars versus you know five thousand dollars i mean it's a difference but it's money listen to this And he was also saying to the crowds just just if you don't have your bibles I wouldn't suggest you open your bibles as long as you really really intently listen but if you do have one open just go ahead and start reading. When you see a cloud rising in the west immediately you say a shower is coming and so it turns out. And when you see a south wind blowing you say it will be a hot day and it turns out that way. He says you hypocrites you know how to analyze the appearance of the earth and the sky, but why do you not analyze this present time? Why do you not even on your own initiative judge what is right? So listen, listen to this. Verse 58. This is my key verse. For while you are going with your opponent to appear before the magistrate, on your way there, make an effort to settle with him so that he may not drag you before the judge, and the judge turn you over to the officer, and the officer throw you into prison. I say to you, you will not get out of there until you have paid the very last cent. Ouch. Until you have paid the very last cent. Now, I, I kind of told you a, a just kind of a practical way to apply this verse. You could have just applied that to your car or whatever situations. But I do believe that scriptures are, are, is a very spiritual book. And it tells us more than just how to live our lives and be smart about it. It tells us how to get to heaven. It tells us how to stay Christian. It tells us how to live a holy life, walk a holy walk, talk holy, but also walk holy. And the thing is... Um, There's a couple of things that just jumped at me while I was reading this. Actually, I wasn't reading this. My my mom was reading this to my sisters. And I was just sitting there doing kind of just on the side. And I was like, read that again. And she read it again. I'm like, read above that. She read above that. I'm like, read above that. And it kind of clicked together. Because Jesus, Jesus is like, I wasn't, I wasn't demand, commanding her. I don't do that to my mom. I was like, please, you know, and stuff. But I'll, um, Jesus in this place is saying something extremely interesting. He goes, he's like, you guys are geniuses, okay? You guys are absolute geniuses. Because when a wind blows from the west, and if you look at Israel, let's say Israel, kind of like the strip of Israel. And on the west side of Israel, as you look on Israel, north, east, south, west is the Mediterranean Sea. So he says, you guys are absolute geniuses because when a wind is coming from the west... From the cold sea, you guys are like, oh, a sh- probably a shower is going to come, right? And that's pretty smart. Vapor, you know, all that stuff is coming from the sea. He's like, great job. You guys are really good about that. He's like, you guys are also good about noticing when the wind comes from the south, and you know there's Egypt kind of right here, Israel right here, but down right below uh, Israel is just a straight-up desert. If you don't go right a- right with the Mediterranean coast into Egypt, is a straight-up desert, like five or-, or seven times bigger than Israel. And he's like, when, when the wind's coming from the hot part of the earth, you're like, oh, it's going to be hot today or tomorrow. And they're like, yeah, because, and this is like common sense stuff. He's like, okay, so you, you can figure that out. But he says, but you don't understand that this time that you're living in is a very specific time. He's like, that's, that's what you're trying to tell me. You understand, you understand you have deadlines in school, and so you meet these deadlines. You understand you have to pay your taxes, and you pay your taxes because you don't want to sit in jail right? You you make it work. You make it work. You're a busy person, but you make it work. You do well in school. You do well in your workplace. You do well everywhere else under this pressure that kind of drives you, a good type of pressure. I'm not talking about the the burnout type of pressure that you could get at your workplace or somewhere. I'm talking about the good kind of urgency. He says, that urgency allows you to do all these things, and he says, and yet you don't understand, and he obviously talks about the wind and stuff. He's like, you understand how the the winds work and how if there's cold air coming in, it's probably going to rain. Hot air coming in, it's probably going to be hot. So he's like, you understand that, but you're telling me you don't understand the time that you're living in. And they, I believe, seriously didn't understand the time that they were living in. They didn't understand what, what was happening in the spiritual sense. They, they had no idea. It's like they had all this other information. They were good in their workplace. They were good with, you know, with their jobs and careers. They knew how to tell what the weather is going to be tomorrow. So they had all that figured out. But they still couldn't grasp this idea that this whole time thing, this whole urgency thing, is very applicable to their spiritual lives. Like, extremely applicable. Like, you may die if you don't really get this... Time, spiritual time thing. And then he says something interesting. So that's just the background. He goes, he kind of explains to them. He says, you hypocrites, you know how to analyze the appearance of the earth and the sky. But why do you not analyze this present time? And that's what I want for the remainder of this sermon. It's going to be finishing soon. Just, just think about this. Let's, let's think about this one thing. Let's, let's analyze our time. And I'm not going to be talking about how to, how to do better in school. But just think about time. And why do you not even on your own initiative judge what is right? He, he goes, this is common sense. He says, you, you, you got this perfect in all your other aspects, all your other areas of your life. And yet, you don't do this in the spiritual sense. He says, for a while you are going with your opponent to appear before the magistrate on your own, on your way there, make an effort to settle with him so that he may not drag you before the judge. And the judge turn you over to the officer and the officer throw you into prison. I say to you, you will not get out of there until you have paid the very last cents. With your opponent. You guys notice that? Is there? Is it possible to get that verse up on the projector? It's not? It's okay. But in in basically in verse um, 58, it says that while you are going with your opponent. um, There's another gospel that writes the same kind of statement that Jesus made. And he says, while you are going with your opponent at law. So there is someone, listen carefully. And this is to all of us, but listen carefully. There is someone who is... In opposition of every single sinner here on earth. And I'm not talking about the devil right now. I'm not talking about Satan. Right? Satan is the adversary. But this is an adjective. It describes. It's an opponent. It's, it's, it's who this person is. And there's, there's this picture that Jesus is painting that there is someone who has the authority to hand you over to the judge, and the judge will eventually lock you up in prison for the rest of your life, because that's what it says in the last verse of that chapter. It says you will be there until you have paid the last cent, and as a kid reading that verse, that was like mind-blowing. I'm like, okay, so you're telling me if I owe $300,000, I get thrown into prison, I have to I have to sit in prison until I pay the $300,000, but I can't pay the $300,000 because I'm sitting in prison. You know what that tells me? This prison that is being talked about is an eternal prison. It's it's a a cycle that's never-ending. This person, unfortunately, if he doesn't make it right with his opponent at law, is going to end up in an eternal prison. He's going to end up in eternity in a place away from God. He says, with your opponent. And I want to, this isn't a newsflash for most of you, but I want to be just really blunt if I can with you. That sooner or later, we will, we will, brothers and sisters, we will have to stand before God and we will have to answer. We will have to answer. For everything that we did here on earth, whether good or evil, some will get rewards, and I'm not. There's two different judgments, we're not going to go into that. But some will get rewards, some will be joyfully receiving their Savior, some will be standing and freaking out because now they're standing before the judge and they didn't take the time that was given to them 20, 70, 80, 90, 100 years given to them opportunities 50, 100, 1000 opportunities. I don't know how much God gives. 2000 opportunities to become right with your opponent before you get to the judge. And and the problem is is that there's I believe in the world today there's a lot of people that have no sense of urgency when it comes to the spiritual aspect of this idea that jesus was saying they have no idea they're like they're living their life and they're doing whatever it is that they want to do they do whatever feels better for them so if they have something that feels better than what they're doing now they'll do it and that is good i guess if you're like a just a mammal that's really evolved but if you're actually a human being with with a soul that god gave you and you are going to have to stand before god and you are in opposition of God because you have not received the blood of Jesus Christ. You have not repented. You have not come to and asked Jesus for forgiveness. And now you, everyone who has done that, I, I'm not preaching to you this. I'm not preaching this to you right now. But if you haven't done that, think about this. If you haven't done that, you are in opposition of someone who is able to do that. You are. And his name, I'm sorry, but his name is God. God is able to do that. Because God is a righteous judge. That's what the scripture says. At least that's what my Bible says. He's the perfect judge. And if there's a killer, I mean, I mean, think about this. And I, I brought this example a couple of days ago. But there's, um, you might hear this again. But um, you're, you're the jury. I have to do jury duty again. So this is like what my mind goes to. You're the jury. There's a judge. A killer walks in. Judge looks at him. This guy killed two people, two different occasions, and the the guy starts talking to the judge and says, um, he's like, listen, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. Like, what can I tell you? I'm sorry. Um, Like, obviously, he's not going to say, you know, start defending himself. I'm sorry. I don't know what happened. Something clicked, right? And I just, I killed the first dude. Just killed the first dude. And judge goes, okay, how about the second guy that you killed two months later? Well... I'm sorry, I don't know what, what came over me, I was just there, and it just happened again, like I walk out of the room, another guy is dead, I don't know, but I promise you, if you let me go this time, I'll never do it again, and the, and the judge looks at him, and they had this weird bonding time this, this whole time, just a connection going, you're, you're the jury, you're looking at this, and the judge goes, you know what, I like you, man, I, I like you, I don't, I don't know what it is. You know that feeling when you get you just talk to someone for five seconds and you're like, I like you, dude. Yeah, so he, they had that right there. And the judge goes, I like you. You could go. You could go. Promise me, promise me, you'll never kill anyone again. What are you doing as a jury? And this guy starts walking away. And the judge gets up to, to, to leave the courtroom because this whole thing is finished. And everyone's like... Like you're picking up your cell phone and dialing 911 because you got a killer in the streets that is not under guard, right? And then you're also calling the cops or whoever you're calling for the judge. This guy's just been bribed big time. You just witnessed the biggest bribe of the, the United States court system. Right there, right there in front of your eyes. That is not normal. Now, every single person, I don't care, Republican, Democrat, somewhere in between, will, when you tell the story, they'll say, no, that's wrong. Of course that's wrong. And then when it comes to God, when we start to speak about the uh, beautiful God who made man out of his love for man. He didn't just make man to make man because he wanted you know, toys to play around with. Or he didn't make man to have man just glorify him. He made man because he loved man. He loved man. There was the trinity and there was so much love in between that trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Such perfect union, such perfect fellowship. And God overflowing with this love from the overflow of love creates man. And he makes everything perfect for this man puts him in the in the Garden of Eden gives him everything he needs a man turns around and does the very thing that God told him not to do and does it again and does it again and does it again and does it again does it again God destroys the earth saves Noah Noah has children and they do it again and they do it again and they do it again until Jesus comes and they try. It's not that they don't try. They try. They got the Ten Commandments. They got the, the 613 commandments. They try. They hustle, especially the people of Israel. They try. They do things, but they're like, man, we're just not good enough. Jesus comes, and now his blood can just wash us. Now, his, now we just come to Jesus and say, Lord, forgive me. I repent. The only thing that is asked of us is to humble ourselves literally that if you like boil it down to the to the to the bottom the a sinner must just humble himself just confess that he is a sinner and submit to god's authority and you got billions of people that are refusing to do that or don't see the need of doing that there's no sense of urgency they don't understand that yeah i mean they're they're 20 right now but they're going to be 70 in 50 years which is not a long time Think back at your life, you could remember it in like half a second. Every, all the memories, just, that's it, that's it, it's gone. And the same thing is going to happen when you're 70. You're going to look back on the 70 years and just, just memories, that's it. It just flew by, where did it go? I don't know. But now you have to stand before God. And so we see that we are going, listen, we are going with our opponent. That's what the Bible says. There is someone who is righteous, holy, just, and there is us. There's people that have sin, and we are in opposition of him. The problem isn't with the opponent, by the way. The problem is with us, 100%. It wasn't a fender bender. You took the car and you rammed it into another car, while the guy was standing on a stoplight. It was 100% your fault. All the sin, all the, all the things, all the transgressions. God did everything for you not to do that and now is doing everything for you to accept his freedom and we do everything to go against that. So this adversary that we're talking about, this opponent at law, he is 100% correct. We are 100% at fault. And you know what the Bible also says? It says, for a while you are going with your opponent to appear before the magistrate. With, you know what that tells me? Your opponent is so near to you your opponent, the guy who is supposed to be mad at you, the God who is supposed to despise all the wickedness that you do, is near with you. He is with you. That's what the Bible says. Holy Spirit is working beside sinners to lead them to repentance. Holy Spirit is working in saints to sanctify them and make them ready for heaven. And God does everything. He creates The beautiful nature to show people, like look around. There has to be a God. He He brings people into other people's lives to show them sermons, everything, songs. Like He just wants us to see that we have an opponent, and we have a time frame that we have to get right with that opponent. Even our conscience that God created is saying that. I want to read Acts, and we're going to be finishing soon. Acts chapter seventeen. Verse 26, it says, and he made, listen to this, listen to this, he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and their boundaries of their habitation, listen to this, that they would see God, if perhaps they might grope for him and find him, though, listen, though he is not far from each one of us. That is how much God loves you. That is how much God loves us. He is near to us. The sinners, the wretched people that we are before we come to Christ, and he wants us to repent. He's there. Holy Spirit's working at full capacity, like bringing people to repentance, and people literally have to resist the call of the Holy Spirit. Literally have to push back against God in order to withstand God's grace in order to stand away from God's saving miracle, His Son Jesus Christ. So, we talked about that there is an opponent, and He's the righteous judge who's gonna judge all the earth. We talked about that the opponent is an opponent at law, meaning we've done something wrong or He's done something wrong, but we know from Scripture that He hasn't done anything wrong. We've done everything wrong, and he's done everything to keep us from doing wrong. Even today, if, you, if you're really listening to the sermon, right now is another time when your opponent at law is saying, hey, do you want to reconsider and maybe get right with me before you stand before God? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Last couple of moments, and we'll be finishing. Here's here's another thing that kind of stood out to me. He says, for while you're going with your opponent to appear before the magistrate, on your way, listen, on your way, not when you stand before the judge. Not when you're there before the glory of God and you're like, this is awesome. This is really, really awesome. Like God's glory is everywhere. But you can't really be happy because you're not right with your opponent. He says, on your way there, make an effort to settle with him. Do you hear that? Make an effort. Make an effort. Meaning, there's things that we do, but there's things that God does. And the thing for us to understand is that 100%, there's things that a human being is supposed to do. He's supposed to make an effort. He's supposed to ask for forgiveness. He's supposed to repent. You can't just sit there and expect like something to change in your life. You can't. You need to make an effort to draw near to God. And that's what the Bible says. In fact, the Bible says draw near to God and he will draw near to you. The Bible then says repent. By the way, everyone who is saved and you know you are saved, maybe pray in your minds while I'm saying this. But I have something for us as well for the second part of just a thought that I have to leave. Um, and finally, the last place. It's a, it's a scary place to be, and it's a scary thing to read for me because it's just, it's never comfortable for people to talk about this, never. I haven't heard anyone who is comfortable talking about hell to anyone because it just makes you sound so Cruel. Right, But you're reading the word of God, and this is what it says. I say to you, you will not get out of there until you have paid the very last cent. This is after this man or this woman is walking with the person they have wronged, and they do nothing to reconcile with this person. They do nothing to say, I'm sorry. They do nothing to repent. There's maybe a pride. Maybe they're walking, and they're, just, they're refusing to acknowledge the fact that they're wrong. They're refusing that. And uh, there comes a time when they stand before the judge, and it says after the judge and after the officer, after um, uh, the magistrate, they get thrown into prison. And that prison is a weird system. You have to pay to get out, but you can't work to get out. So technically, you're stuck. And so the thing is, this is for all those who have not Come to know Jesus as their personal Savior. Please just hear me out. Now you you might have like a perfect, um, a perfect um, plan every single week that makes you look like a like makes you look really good in front of your parents. It makes you good look good in front of your Christian friends. Like you look Christian. But if you know if you understand that, dude, like I'm still in opposition of God. There's things in my life that I still do that oppose God. Then understand that. You need to repent today. That's what the Bible says. It says, today is the day of salvation. It says, now is the acceptable time. That's what the Bible says. There needs to be a sense of urgency. And when you hear people with a sense of urgency about their depravity, you're like, dude, you're like 90% there. Because that's the scary thing when a person is not with God and has no sense of urgency. And for us... We're going to be finishing. For us who are with God, think about this. Do I live my life, spiritually speaking, with a sense of urgency? Like we do everything else with a sense of urgency. We go to school and we have a sense of urgency to get good grades. We, we do our jobs. We do everything with a sense of urgency. And yet when it comes to our ministry, when it comes to serving God and his kingdom, where does that urgency go? Where do why do we not feel pressure to do more for God? I have a brother and he in Christ and he uh, he's like he's a super smart dude. And every time before the exams he kind of freaks out. Every time. But this guy is in engineering school and he still has a 4.0. And if you know engineering school like the mean is supposed to be like a like a like a B minus B area, just because it's, they, they just, everyone is just really harshly graded, and you know, he was in high school, and that was him, and they're like, well, it's high school, everyone gets A's in high school, he was in pre doing college, he was doing that, well, some people do that, but every time, there's just a sense of urgency, and every time before an exam, you walk into the room, and he is studying up, like, like, it's the last day of his life, he's just going through the material over and over and over again, and then deans talk about him, then professors talk about him, like, hey, there's this dude, like, he's killing the curve for the rest of the class but he's not doing it to kill the curve for the rest of the class he's he's just he has a sense of urgency and he's effective And that's the type of people that, I'm speaking physically right now, get into MIT, get into Berkeley, do some kind of innovative thing, become a professor at some university, they do something in the world with their career. And then there's other people. There's people that just, they just want to make it past this. And they get the job, but that's it. That's it. They just got the job. They were taken out of the fire like a coal. That's it. They got into heaven. They're with God, but nothing more, nothing more nothing for Christ, nothing done for the glory of God. Everything was just like, I, I just want to be saved and that's it. That's not the right way to live. Friends, please, that's, that's not the way, right, right, right way to live. The right way to live, I believe, is with a healthy sense of urgency. Meaning like, I got to read this word of God. I need to, I need to pray. I need to go and have fellowship. And this healthy sense of urgency, I believe, comes to pray. Let's stand and say a 20 second prayer for urgency. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your goodness and your grace. And what we ask, my God, is one thing, my God, my my, my God, one thing, is that in our lives we understand that, that there is time that we are placed in as human beings, this bubble of time, and we have to make the most of the time that you give us. My God, I ask you, if there's anyone in this place that is still not right with you, would they come and would they repent, my God? Would they not be a position of you? Would they repent because you stand with open arms and, and you say, come to me, all who are weary and you laden, I will give you rest. I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Just come to me. I will give you rest, my Lord, and to all of us, my Lord, who are living our lives as Christians, but we live in, in, a, in, in somewhere at the middle stage. We're mediocre. We are not too good, but not too bad. My, we're just good enough to be Considered a Christian, my God, would we receive a sense of urgency to do uh, the most we can for the glory of God, to live our lives with, with holiness and, and righteousness, not just barely, not just to, to make it past uh, our criteria for, for being considered a Christian, but to live according to the word of God, so that your name may be praised. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: It's a
0: privilege for me to be in fellowship together with
1: you. And
0: I'm thankful to God for this opportunity. Uh, these are not just
1: words.
0: I'm very sincere. i Не часто в своей жизни говорил с переводчиком. Not often in my life do I speak with an interpreter. Сегодня у меня есть второй язык. Today I have a second language. В таком случае я вспоминаю один пример. And I remember one example. Один человек. One man. Проповедовал где-то в Латинской Америке. He was preaching in Latin America he was preaching in English and he was being translated into the language The language the translator didn't really know English well and at some point he lost his train of thought and he decided to preach what he preached last Sunday and so this preacher from the United States was preaching his sermon and the translator was preaching his sermon
1: and so
0: I allow Andre so that he would preach it's a joke of course
1: немножко знаю английский. I know English a little bit.
0: Немножко. Если он куда-то going somewhere, I will understand. Меня зовут Виктор My name is Victor Я приехал из России. I came from Russia.
1: И я имею месяц времени в гостях в Америке,
0: in the United States.
1: Я, знаете, часто
0: I often visit different countries and,
1: and, uh, and I'm always
0: thankful for the Church of Jesus Christ в in every place there is God's family и тогда когда между нами есть and even when we have differences and differences of age язык a language, denomination, denomination.
1: maybe something else we have much that unites us and I'm
0: thankful for you because we are one big family and every place that we arrive we can find our own I also remember one story Один верующий молодой парень служил в армии в Советском Союзе. He was in the army the, of USSR. And this is the country that is no more.
1: Это было примерно 50 лет назад. This was
0: about 50 years ago. И он поехал со своим командиром далеко от той части, где он служил. And so he drove with it the commander of his unit somewhere far away. одном месте их машина сломалась. And their car broke down. И была уже ночь. And it was dark. It was and night, They needed to sleep And they, needed to sleep somewhere. And they needed to sleep somewhere. And they do at that time? And this soldier, and this, soldier
1: this Christian, And to his
0: commander, they and perhaps there are communists in this little village
1: let's them and we'll
0: ask them to take us in for the night he says are you crazy he says they won't take us in he says I'm a Christian and he says and I also think that there are Christians in this village He says, let's then go to my brothers, uh, to the Christians. And he was surprised, but he he said, okay. And they asked the people, and they found that one family in the village, and when they came there, they opened the door, and they gave him a place to
1: sleep. And
0: this this was a big surprise to the commander. I often remember What does it mean to be in the God Any place that you come And there are children of God. So the time is, is flying We need to finish at 10. Amen: A <laughs> a joke. <laughs> Not a joke. It's a joke, okay.
1: очень приятно видеть вас. И хочу немножко рассказать о себе.
0: I'm very glad to see you. I want to say something about
1: myself. церкви. <coughs> I'm a
0: pastor of a church.
1: И являюсь руководителем служения. И
0: ям also uh, uh, have a ministry. Оно называется от сердца к сердцу. That is called from heart to heart.
1: Немножко позже я расскажу, что это за служение. And
0: I will explain what this ministry is a little bit later.
1: Я приехал в гости.
0: I came to uh, here to the United States.
1: Чтобы говорить о нашем служении. To
0: speak a little bit about our ministry.
1: И, может быть, кто-то будет молиться. And maybe
0: someone's going to be praying for us.
1: И благословлять нас. Maybe someone's going to bless
0: us in our ministry. Я родился и вырос в Украине. Ukraine Западная Украина. In Eastern Ukraine. И когда мне было года. When I was 24 years old.
1: Господь призвал меня и мою
0: жену God called me and my wife to ministry in Russia. Тогда еще в тот момент, когда это произошло. At that moment when this happened. Это была одна страна Советский Союз. This was the one country, the Soviet Union.
1: И and we
0: saw the calling from God
1: And a month after our marriage we
0: went to Russia for this ministry
1: and for
0: 26 years how old am I?
1: I'm 50 years old because I was married 26
0: I spent in the ministry for, for the greater part of my life I lived in Russia I have four children, two daughters and two sons, the older is 25 years old, the younger is 18, and there's two sons in between them and I want to speak a little bit about my testimony I was born and raised in a Christian family my parents were Christian, I heard about God and I knew a lot I, together with them I went to services and I was okay with a lot of the information
1: but my heart was с
0: компанией моей. Was with my friends. Не там, где было сердце моих родителей. Not where the heart of my parents were, was. И в один момент Господь говорил ко мне, когда я был в церкви. at one point God spoke to me in the church. Я покаялся. And I repented. Мне было семнадцать лет. I was seventeen years old. Я принял крещение. I took water baptism.
1: Это было то время, когда
0: тем And this was the time when the young people who were not of age 17 or older were not allowed to take water baptism. This was the communistic uh, period. And so I was taking water baptism at night so that they wouldn't see me. Many other people wouldn't see me. Then I went to the army. And after I served for two years, I came back.
1: And I started to think about my life. What should I
0: do uh, later or now? And so I came to another city. And so I was born and raised in a village. And I didn't want to live in a village. I want a better life. I didn't see the perspective of living in a village. And so I left to the city.
1: When I
0: came to the church, there was an interesting group of people, or young young people, a good group of people. I was 20 years old. And then there's a group of uh, young people. God started to form my faith and my heart. И тогда я еще никогда не думал. and at that time I never thought. Я не мог этого представить. I never, I could never imagine, что я буду служителем. That I would be a minister. Это было 89 год. This was 1989. И я видел, что Бог потихоньку зажигает мое сердце. And I saw that God was stirring my heart little by little. И у меня появилась мечта. And I started to have a dream. Быть служителем. To be a minister. И To be a missionary. I didn't know how this was going to happen but I just dreamed about this
1: and I wanted God
0: to lead me and so I went to
1: school and after a year I finished Bible school I left to the
0: ministry in Russia
1: and I see God's will
0: in this when I'm here in the United States I see a different culture I see different churches
1: somewhat
0: we have much in common but our life is a little bit different and so here in the United States I have this one question coming up over and over again what is the point of life? And I want to ask you three questions today for your consideration. First Firstly, what is the goal of your life? Maybe someone will answer. Do you have a goal in your life? Or maybe a dream? Кажется, у Андрея есть мечта. looks like I have a dream
1: Он говорил, что мечтает. Как я понял, в том зале, да, или в самом начале, да, 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 да. Ага. В beginning
0: я no. had a dream, that I wanted to go to that sanctuary. Но мне кажется, это не главное. But I don't think this is the most important thing.
1: Вероятно, у него есть более важная мечта. Probably he has a, another dream. И я думаю, что у каждого из нас есть какая-то
0: and I believe every one of us has a bright or maybe not so bright dream. What is your dream? What is the goal of your life? Maybe someone will say. I have a friend.
1: Он uh, проводил общение с a uh,
0: very similar situation. And he asked the youth a question..
1: Вопрос, the same
0: question. A couple of people answered. one человек uh, сказал о своей мечте следующее. Uh, one person or young person said the following: меня цель жизни. I have a goal in my life." to have a strong character. A very interesting dream. Did anyone uh, think about this? This is not an ordinary goal. And I have a question. What does it mean to have a strong character?
1: And we probably
0: will answer differently to this question. Но я считаю, что это достойная цель, but I believe this is a noble goal. Я думаю что сильный характер. I believe a strong character.
1: Когда мы думаем о цели,
0: о мечте, when we talk about a dream or a goal, мы всегда исходим из какого-то примера. We always have an example in our mind. Если кто-то хочет быть сильным, if someone wants to be strong, на кого он ориентируется he look on? Как вы думаете? Who do you think? На кого он
1: ориентируется? Наверное, на Андрея. <laughs> на Андрея.
0: Может быть? Может быть, на Шварценеггера? <laughs> <laughs> да. Maybe Andre, Есть maybe,
1: какая-то модель.
0: Uh, uh, maybe some kind of bodybuilder. На. Nah. Если кто-то хочет быть богатым, if someone wants to be rich, на кого он ориентируется? Who does he look on? Скажи, <laughs> кто? Who? I don't know. Maybe someone from uh, amongst his uh, friends. Maybe Bill Gates. Gates. I I don't know. Maybe that's your friend. But when we speak about a strong character, I look at one person Jesus Christ. His character is perfect. Это очень It's a very strong character. This is the ideal example. Я хотел бы, чтобы вы думали об этом. And I'd like you to think about this
1: and I want to remember
0: just a couple of thoughts that were said one before. of the, my favorite scriptures in the Bible in the New Testament it's a scripture that's written in uh, the Gospel of John 12. chapter 12 this is a scripture that I often remember and I pray about this И я вижу, что я с этим сталкиваюсь почти каждый день. И я стою перед выбором того, о чем говорил Христос.
1: Эти слова являются лейтмотивом моей жизни. Это такое слово?
0: Да. Христос сказал: «Истина, истина говорю вам». Христос сказал: «Верно, верно говорю Если пшеничное зерно, если семя falling into the earth does not die then it will remain alone but if it dies then it will bring much fruit the one who loves his soul will destroy it but the one who despises or hates a soul in this world will keep it unto eternal life maybe you know that these words are
1: written in
0: all four Gospels all
1: the Gospel writers they
0: understood that these words are important and they wrote them maybe a little bit differently but the same idea Matthew Jesus says, Matthew writes, if anyone wants to follow me may he uh, cast himself away would he pick up his cross he must follow me whoever wants to save his soul
1: will lose
0: it whoever loses his soul will gain it and this is a paradox
1: but this is a law this is
0: a spiritual
1: law Себе, and so Jesus
0: calling people to Himself. Говорит, тому, he says, you must be ready, чтобы To give all of yourself. And he was talking about being um, um, faithful. Uh, being faithful unto the end. And I think about faithfulness. И я уверен. And I, uh, I, uh, no, or I'm sure that faithfulness is a prerequisite to any accomplishment in life. People who attain something are people who are fanatically faithful to whatever it is that they're doing. In whatever sphere in business in sports and many other areas and this pertains to faith to follow Christ if we want to have fruit we need to be
1: fully devoted and the words that Jesus spoke they
0: contradict the mindset of this world Христос говорил: отдай себя. Because Jesus said, give yourself. Это призыв. This is a call. Саморастрата. Of self, um, of, of, of giving oneself. Себя отдать полностью. Of almost wasting oneself. Люди всегда. And people always. И особенно последнее время. Especially in the last times. Стремятся they want to be established they want to keep themselves protected they want to elevate themselves and Christ calls his followers to die this isn't there is no perspective when we're speaking in, in the earthly sense but this Christ. is a calling to everyone who is faithful in following Christ and so Christ uh, he gives an example of our life with a seed that is in the soil in order for it to bring fruit Наверное, многие из вас знают, если картошку посадить. Какой биологический процесс должен пройти?
1: Она разлагается.
0: Она умирает.
1: И тогда появляется новая
0: жизнь. Могу я
1: ещё один пример с лососем? Вы знаете, рыба, salmon, salmon, да? Что происходит с этой рыбой, когда она рожает новых?
0: Do you know what happens with salmon when it gives birth to new baby salmon? Do you know? It dies. But there is much more life after its death. If I want fruit
1: from my life,
0: I must say no to much to the things that everyone holds on to to the things that people strive for people that usually don't know God what he uh, values most and dreams about most and I also want to call you
1: Живите жизнью отдачи. life Of giving, oneself,
0: of giving uh, your life, не самоутверждение. Not to establish yourself. Мне очень понравились
1: слова. I really liked the words. Однажды я услышал один миссионер. missionary, once. Jim Elliot. Jim Elliot. Кто-то слышал о таком
0: миссионере? Has anyone heard about Jim Elliot? Он сказал известные слова. В
1: некоторых книгах они повторяются.
0: Не глупый тот человек,
1: кто отдаёт то, что невозможно
0: удержать, чтобы приобрести то, что невозможно потерять and this is very genuine wise and biblical words to live in light of eternity to live for other people
1: this is a
0: great privilege this is a great responsibility for me the best years of my life I gave for ministry to God Some people tell me today, you've got to stop, you've got to return back. Some say, come back to the United States, or come to the United States. But I went there by calling, and I want to finish my calling.
1: I want to be faithful
0: to God till the end. A couple of minutes. I want to say one more time.
1: Live
0: giving yourself. Giving, uh, Live in a dying manner. And then there is a big perspective for eternity. I am the, the coordinator of the ministry from heart to heart. This is a ministry that helps people in the church to teach through um, uh, discipleship one on one evangelism. How every person in the church can
1: share the gospel in any situation
0: when we are interacting with unbelievers. How can we, in a wise and a very direct and effective speak manner,
1: speak to the people of the very
0: core of the gospel? Many people in the church do not share the gospel. And one of the reasons, or the second reason, they are not taught. And the first, what do you think is the number one reason? Yeah, they're fear, scared. They're scared to. But fear, in a sense, you can overcome it. If you teach yourself this uh, on example, by example, and so the ministry of heart to heart is a ministry when I take two disciples we go and talk with an unbeliever in a very closed circle and we drink some coffee and we just speak friendly we get to know uh, this other person and the goal is for this person to say yes I want to hear the
1: gospel and that's
0: when we start to speak about the gospel and we're asking two questions.
1: two questions and I want to
0: ask these two questions to you I asked you the first question and two more questions the first question, what was it?
1: what is the goal mm-hmm.
0: of your life?
1: and два so вопроса,
0: two more questions. And we ask these questions to the person we're talking with. And take these questions into your arsenal. These are very good methods in order to say the most important thing to the people. And here's the two questions. When your life is going to end, do you have a full assurance that you're going to be with God in heaven. And furthermore, this is a question for you. I would like to ask you, if your life would end today in heaven, sure 100% that you will be with God in heaven. Do you know for sure about
1: this? I don't know your heart but
0: this is a a very interesting question to ask the people who you interact with. They give different answers and then we ask one more question and I want to ask this to you. This is the third question. Imagine this. Your life is over. You are now before God вас, And he's going to ask you, what's your name? Как? Ренат. Или Петр. Или ещё как? or something Почему я должен тебя впустить в своё небесное царство? Why should I allow you to enter my into my heavenly kingdom? Что бы вы ответили Богу на этот вопрос? What would you answer for this question? На каком основании? What is the basis? what would you answer? it's very interesting to hear answers so sometimes please and it's also interesting to listen to people who have been in the church for a long time and sometimes these answers are different but it's very interesting to hear from unbelievers
1: these
0: two questions
1: they help so that
0: after the person answers I would explain to him the, the fundamentals of the gospel and then when we speak about the gospel we just say five things we say grace что мы получаем жизнь вечную не заслуженно по это исключительно подарок никто не может заработать или заслужить второе мы говорим о грехе мы все грешны
1: мы все конкретно виноваты перед богом поэтому
0: мы не можем сами себя спасти and I speak to to man about God, that God loves man, he loves and he treasures every single person, and secondly, he is just, and he is holy, and he's going to judge everyone, every person. How can you combine Love and justice and this is an understanding Uh, this understanding comes in the identity of Jesus Christ we speak about Christ who he is what he has done for us firstly grace then we speak about man that man is a sinner about God the two characteristics of God fourthly we speak about Christ do you remember? fifthly about faith we say that you need to believe not with our mind most people just believe with their mind the Bible says that demons believe but this doesn't help them to believe with your heart is to be fully devoted to Jesus. To fully trust him. As if a chair I believe that the chair is there. I believe that the chair will hold me up. But why won't he hold me up? Because I need to sit on that chair.
1: And that
0: is the moment when I have put my faith into action in my life. I believed in Jesus Christ. I was okay with the
1: проблемы. Even
0: sometimes I would give him my problems. But I was aside from Jesus. The true faith is a, fa- is a true decision to uh, fully put my faith in him. To put my faith upon him. And we speak about the gospel. We speak about grace. About about man, about sin, about God, the fourth thing, about Christ, and fifth, about faith. Remember these questions. And and think about this question yourself, this And use this speaking with your um, Peers. And maybe someone tonight, you'll share this with him. Maybe, at home, maybe tomorrow. Maybe you'll just talk with someone. And you'll say, Can I ask you a personal question? A very uh, extraordinary question. Are you sure? That when your life is over, that you will be with God in heaven.
1: And then
0: share the gospel with them. And this, this is the ministry of heart to
1: heart.
0: So that people would be taught in the church to share the gospel.
1: And
0: our main calling to be his, um, witnesses. My soul. We are the salt. We are the
1: light. Wherever we are, we have a calling. We have a calling. To be
0: His witnesses.
1: May God bless
0: you in this. Walk with Christ. Love
1: Christ. Dream about a
0: Christ-like character so
1: that your life may be given for him
0: других. and for others in service our time is up
1: быть, минут, maybe a couple of any
0: questions? Да, So the question is, what do you do when you um, are spiritually extremely drained, or it's very difficult spiritually?
1: When two
0: and a half hours ago I was driving here, I had a little talk with a man. And I'll tell this to you, I'll confess this. And he gave me this sarcastic um, thought or saying. And I was praying about this. meeting. Uh, and this person before we leave. He, he kind of laughed at me. Just a little situation and you could have much harder trials in your life but I was driving in my car and I remembered
1: in, uh, it's the 36th Psalm in the
0: Russian Bible and has, I really like these words he says um, um, delight yourself in the Lord and he will fulfill the desires of your heart give the Lord your way and hope and trust in him and he'll do everything
1: so
0: delight in the Lord and so when we or when I come Uh, into these moments any kind of uh, trial or temptation inside I look at Jesus and I say Lord or Christ only in you I have
1: peace
0: only you understand me better than all only you give peace regardless of what's happening around me delight in the Lord in the car at your your house in in class in every moment
1: delight
0: in him call upon him and understand that there is nothing uh, accidental God allows many different trials and situations to see what am I going to do. Where or in what? Will I find support? Will I find delight? Only Him. Any other questions? So, the question is, how do you hate your soul? There's a scripture that we were reading that says, Whoever hates his soul, I believe that's the King James, right? Or hates his soul will hurt uh, his And it. I'll bring as an example some words. In Romans, here's what we read: That God, He hated Jacob. But Esau he, he loved Jacob he hated Esau Why did he uh, hate Esau? Was he hypocritical in his ways? Why did, why did he love Jacob? He was a very um, he was a very Uh-huh. Shrewd, он, любил man. He, он любил обманывать
1: много. он любил He
0: liked to lie a lot. Ага. Возлюбить или возненавидеть в языке the language времени. Это не чувство, not a feeling, это выбор, but is a choice, предпочтение. Кого или что я выбираю? Христос говорил: кто Christ said if, I, if you follow мы должны возненавидеть кого? to hate what? we have to hate those around us our mom and our dad
1: how can I hate my
0: parents this is a word that's not in the literal sense of hate but this is to choose uh, God over meaning that He is number one everything else comes second so Christ is first to love Him is to choose
1: Him (laughs) to hate Him it is to hate or, your, or to
0: put your own interest so. on the second position or inferior.
1: You
0: are very good listeners. I invite you, Кстати, to, I invite you to where I come from. Where did I come Russia. from? I come from Russia. Кто слышал такое название города? отлично. Где он находится? В России. В России есть два города, большие, которые похожи на название. Есть
1: Новгород. Он находится на запад от Москвы. It's
0: kind of by Moscow. Или на East or west, or north. А Нижний Новгород. But there's lower, southern. Нижний Новгород, Он находится на от Москвы. And uh, this city is east. Большой город. Big city. На реке Волга. And right on the river of Volga. Welcome. Please welcome. Спасибо.
1: Благослови вас Господь. Спасибо, Андрей.